Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Well, welcome. We are the Impact Team, and we are so excited to be sharing this morning. Like Peyton said, things are going to look a little bit different today, not your typical sermon, but we have an opportunity to share some things about what God is doing in and through our church and our community, our country, and our world, and we are really excited to talk about those today. Just so you know, we're going to throw a lot of information at you today, okay? So be ready, but also know that everything we are sharing and talking about is in the Christchurch app in your sermon notes. So don't feel like you have to take all the notes. You can just refer back to that. You can follow along right now. You can refer back to it later, and you'll see everything that we are mentioning and talking about today. So like I said, we're the impact team and our whole job, everything that we do is for the purpose of taking our church outside of these four walls, into the community, into our country, into our world. And that's what we do. That's our whole jobs. And we do that because we have experienced the goodness and the grace of Jesus. Just like you all sitting in this room have experienced what it's like to be in Jesus, that we were once strangers to him and because of his love, we were brought back into a relationship with him, that we were once dead in our sin, now we are alive in him. And our natural response to that is to go into the world and bring other people into that relationship as well. It's what we wanna do. When we have experienced the goodness of God, we want other people to experience that as well. And what we do as a church with Impact Ministry, it's not separate from the rest of the church. It's not like here's the people that care about missions and here's the people that don't care about it. Impact is really a part of the DNA of who we are as a church. All the way back to when the church was founded years and years ago, it was started because a small group of people had a desire for other people to experience completeness in Jesus. So this is a part of who we are as a church. It's a part of our DNA. Impact is a part of everything we do from early childhood to kids club to student ministry to adults to young at heart every age every ministry there is a component of impact and we're so thankful for that as a church you've heard us talk a lot about pathways we're in a pathway series right now we say all the time that all of us here in this room we are on a pathway to discovering completeness in Jesus and impact is a vital part of that we believe that this pathway is a pathway of action and compassion and that is what we're going to talk about today so My name is Maggie. I'm the community impact minister here at Christchurch. I get to oversee everything that we do in our local community. This is my friend Drake Holderman. He is the missional impact minister. And I don't know what that was, but that was fun. Friendship. Uh, That's what that was. That was friendship right there. So he oversees our national and international partners. And this is Allison Stump. She is our right here, right now minister, oversees our benevolence ministry that we call right here, right now. As we talk about the pathway of Jesus being the pathway to compassionate action, we see that all throughout scripture. So I'm going to read one of those scriptures to you from Matthew 9. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So I want everyone to think about a time whenever you've seen a person in pain. And it doesn't have to be physical pain. It could just be a struggle in life. It could be someone standing on a street corner with a cardboard sign saying that they're hungry. 
It could be kids in foster care or kids that come from an unstable home life. Um, It could be just families struggling financially. No matter what the pain is, the people want to be seen. And that's the first step in showing compassion is seeing the people and acknowledging the struggle that they are dealing with. So I've seen this in my office um, many times. People in the community reach out to our church that have no connection to our church asking for help. Um, And the ones that I get to meet with, we come in, we talk, we sit down, we have conversations about a lot of things. Um, And whenever they leave, I often get a thank you. They're not giving me a thank you for the financial help that's offered because at that point, no decision has been made and definitely no help has been offered. It's just been a conversation. But they say, thank you for, thank you for taking the time to meet with me. Thank you for listening. Thank you for trying to understand the situation that we're in or Thank you for having that hard conversation with me that no one else is willing to have. So no matter who comes in to my office, I want them, I want them to know that they're seen and that they're heard. So Maggie, Allison, and I, we see people all of the time, probably because of the context in which our work puts us, but we see people all the time who are in pain. It's not just us, though. I'd be willing to bet that every single person in this room has seen somebody in pain. I'm not surprised by that because all of us were made in the image of a God who sees people and he cares for people, especially people in pain. We see the pathway that Jesus walked was a pathway toward people as he was literally walking through towns and villages, teaching in synagogues, reclaiming the gospel. He was healing diseases and sickness. You know this about Jesus. He cares about the whole person, their physical state and their spiritual state as well. At Christ Church of Orinoga, we care about the same thing. We want to see the whole person come to completeness in Jesus. And he's calling us to this end. He's calling us to this pathway. Right after Matthew records that Jesus is going through the towns and villages, he records Jesus speaking to his disciples. When Jesus looks at them and he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And he says, pray to the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out more workers into the harvest field. At Christ Church of Orinoga, we want to help. We want to serve other people. I'm sure that you feel that in your heart when you see people in pain. A lot of people, though, they come by this kind of paralysis by analysis where they see pain, they want to help people in pain, but they're just not sure how to help. Today, we hope to give a framework on the best way that we can help people who are in pain, who are having physical issues, who are going through spiritual issues as well. And I want to affirm something that's true. So many in this people, so many people in this room right now who are in the fight, they're in the game helping people. I, was, I played in a, a cornhole tournament last weekend. A couple of our members uh, put on to benefit one of our partners who helps people out of uh, heal from sex trafficking. Don't ask me how it went. I lost in the first round, but I did win a hot stone pedicure. So that was pretty good. Pretty good turnout for me. Uh, love it. Looking forward to the spot. Um, it was a few years ago, probably six or seven years ago, I was in Boston and I got out there to preach at a church camp. And uh, after the camp was over, they took me to something I always wanted to do, which was a Boston Red Sox baseball game. We were at Fenway Park. The Fenway Park where the Red Sox play is famous for in the eighth inning singing the song, Sweet Caroline. Because we were on the clergy passes, we didn't have seats, but we were allowed to sit in any seat that was open. So as the eighth inning approached, we made our way really close to the first base dugout. I took my seat next to a a guy who I can say with 100% confidence was not in a state of sobriety. You know what I'm saying by this. 
So we introduce ourselves, Sweet Caroline begins to play. He puts his arm around me, I'm feeling good. I put my arm around him, we sway, we sing. As the song is over, it wraps up. He looks at me and he says, hey, are you Tom Brady? And uh, I, I told him I was, and I didn't want to lie to this guy. He was already out of it too much. And then he couldn't, I couldn't convince him otherwise, though. He was mad at me because of deflate gay. I said, man, I've been playing football since the sixth grade. The only ring I have is from my wedding day. I'm not Tom Brady. But he, he couldn't believe me. He thought I was Tom Brady. Now, it's not often that I get confused with Tom Brady, only by drunk guys, but I, uh, I do want to be confused with Jesus. Let me explain. C.S. Lewis, in his book, Mere Christianity, wrote this. He said, Jesus came to this world and became a man in order to spread to other men the kind of life he has by what I call good infection. Every Christian is to become a little Christ. The whole purpose of becoming Christian is simply nothing else, to become a little Christ, to find completeness in Jesus. And we know that the world in which we live needs Jesus. It's true that most people's first impression of Jesus is often through followers of Jesus. And we want to leave a good impression of the world around us with the love that God has for them. But people don't just wanna hear about God's love. They want to know and experience God's love and God in his grace has chosen to use us to bring that love to people. So today we're gonna give you a framework on how to do that. The first step in this framework is no. We need to know the different issues that people are facing, the different pains they're experiencing, and we need to know the best way that we can help them. So I'm gonna call you to an action of study, to learning the best ways that we can help. There's a great book by a man named David Platt. It's called Something Needs to Change. This book is a great introductory reading into the area of Christian compassion. If you've never read a book on this area, start here. It's available in the Pathway Center for $15. Hey, rumor has it, if you can beat Scott Insminger in an arm wrestling contest, he may give it to you for free. I don't know, but just arm wrestling because I think it'd be funny. So start with this book. Second thing, we have a podcast that we do here at Christ Church of Orinoga called the Impact Ministry Podcast. On this podcast, we interview different missions partners and have conversations about them, the work that they're doing, the people that they're serving. This is one way you can become aware of the issues of the day and the solutions to help people heal through the pain that they're going through. A lot of conversations with some great insight. We'd love to encourage you to listen to those episodes. Lastly, when it comes to knowing, we're gonna host a class called Impact 101 on Sunday, September 18th at 1045 here at Christ Church. At that class, we're gonna walk through different passages of scripture showing the pain that people have faced for centuries now and the way that God is working in that pain to bring people to completeness in him and the ways that you can be a part in doing that with Jesus. So I'd love to encourage you to take part in these opportunities, to read, to listen, to come to that class so that you can find out how to be involved. But you don't have to wait till September 18th to do so. Maggie has an opportunity for you. 
Like Drake said, it can be really overwhelming to look at all of the, the injustices in the world, to look at human trafficking and poverty and, and the fact that there are people who have never heard the name of Jesus before. It can also be overwhelming to see all of the ways that God is working. That's a good kind of overwhelming through missions partners and people and organizations. And so we don't expect that everyone at Christchurch will have a full understanding of all of those different things. What we want to ask today is that you would choose choose one. We at Christ Church are partnered with 22 different people or organizations that are doing kingdom work here in our community and all over the world. People that are working in injustices here locally, that are planting churches in our country, planting churches all over the world, doing discipleship all over the world. And we want to ask that you choose one of those 22 partners to really get to know. Out in the lobby, you will see these cards, one for each of our 22 partners, we want you to choose one of them. It has the name of the partner. It has a little blurb about what they do. We want you to get to know that partner. We have podcasts for a lot of these. We have information on our website about all of them. A lot of them have their own websites or their own monthly emails or newsletters that they send out. We want you to get to know one of our partners. And in addition to knowing, we want you to grow. We want you to grow in prayer and generosity for that partner. When you pick up this prayer card, you'll see that there are three ways listed for each partner that you can pray for them. We contacted all of our partners in the last two weeks and we said, hey, our church is going to be praying for you. What are three ways that you need prayer for right now? And they gave us these hot off the press. These are prayer needs today day that they have. We want you to pick up one of these cards and pray together as a family, as an individual, as a group for them. We also have these magnets out there that say pray. You can use this to put this prayer card on your refrigerator as a reminder to do that. And what I really love about this is that this is something that your whole family can do. I'm a mom. I have a three-year-old and a six-year-old. And I want them to know what it means to be a kingdom worker. I want them to understand as much as they they can in their three-year-old and six-year-old brains, what it means that there are people, people we know, people we love dearly that are making Jesus' name known and famous in our community and our world. I want my kids to understand that. And this is a great way to do it. We're going to have our kids go out here, pick one of these, and we're going to pray as a family every day for these things so that we understand what God is doing in them and through them in addition to growing in prayer, we want to grow in our generosity. So you may or may not know that when you give online at our website, you can give to Christchurch your general tithes or to the general fund. You can also specify one of our 22 partners that you want to give to. So if you would like to give financially, you can do that through our website. We want you to give in other ways too. A lot of our local partners do donation drives, things like that. Collecting items, fostering hope is always looking for pajamas, toiletries, they post all of that on their social media. Watered Gardens does the same. They're looking for certain types of clothes or food items that they're low on. You can follow their social media, find out all of those things. We want as a church to grow in prayer and generosity. And one other way that we can do that this month in particular is an opportunity that we have. We are partnered with a couple of different local school districts. And something they do that I really love is they understand that there are kids in our community that are experiencing a food insecurity. They don't have enough food at home to meet their nutritional needs. And most of their meals come at school. They get breakfast and lunch at school. And that's where most of their meals come from. And so you can do the math over the weekend. That's a lot of time. 
without food. And so they create weekend food backpacks where they send food home over the weekend with these kids who have been identified as someone who has a food insecurity. And we as a church want to stock their shelves so that they don't have to worry about those, that food for a long time. So we have these bags out in the lobby, at the exits, that they have a grocery list attached to them. And we would love for you to pick up some of these items for our local school districts this week. You can add that to your grocery order this week, or some of you still go into a grocery store. I don't understand you, but you can do that. When you go to the grocery store, take the list with you, fill that bag. We want you to bring that back either this Thursday night or next Sunday. And then the following week, those school districts are gonna come pick up all of these bags and be able to distribute that to kids here in our local community, in our backyard who need those things. So those are opportunities that everybody can be involved in. Another one that we have that is across the board for everybody in our church to be involved in in some kind of way is our Right Here, Right Now ministry. So Right Here, Right Now is a unique opportunity that we have to um, work as a church collectively to try to help people. So we ask everyone that attends Christ Church to bring a dollar per person in your family above and beyond your tithe every single week. And then we collect those dollars every week. We collect those dollars to help people both within our church and within our community. Um, Jesus stepped into hard, peop- hard places with people in need, and we want to do the same as his church. So when I sit down and meet with Right Here, Right Now clients, um, I let them know the source of the funding for Right Here, Right Now. I want them to know that this isn't a line item on our annual budget. This isn't a grant that we got. This isn't government funded at all. This is solely funded by the generosity of our people. And whenever I talk to them, I also say something like, if we help you with $300 of whatever they're asking for, an electric bill, rent, whatever it is, that's 300 people in our church saying you've got this. Sometimes it falls on deaf ears and I just get blank stares, but when it connects, the person is really touched. And I think it's because they know that they don't just have dollars on their side, they have people on their side. So there's another side um, to right here right now that you need to know about. Obviously the giving is crucial. Without it, this ministry wouldn't exist. And we want to definitely ask you to grow your generosity. But we also have um, a framework, no, grow, go. And the third part of that framework is go. How that pertains to right here right now is we want you to recognize and see needs around you and then take action. So we want you to do a few things. First thing is get to understand the situation when you see a need. The second thing would be to pray about this. And after you do those two things, if you feel led by the spirit to take action, we ask that you go submit a right here, right now request form to help that person in need. And this is actually the heartbeat of right here, right now is whenever people within our church reach out to try to help other people that are in hard places. When you go and step into that requester role, you're doing the work that Jesus did. You're walking beside someone, you're talking to them, you're getting to understand where they're coming from. And I'm not just talking about the polite version that they let others know that they're struggling with, I'm talking about the hard version, the version that they might be hiding from others because of embarrassment or you know, they're ashamed or they feel like an inconvenience, whatever it might be. But when you step into that requester role, It's a really big responsibility, but it's also a really beautiful thing. So I want you guys to watch this video. Um, It's going to be a great visual to show you what the two sides of right here, right now are. 
right here, right now exists to share the love and hope of Jesus by meeting financial needs of families in our local community. The process is simple, but the impact is significant. There are two ways to be involved with right here, right now, through giving and requesting. We ask every person that attends Christchurch to give $1 each week above their regular tithe for every member of their family. All $1 bills given and any money specifically earmarked will go toward right here, right now. We collect all of these dollars, add them up, and that's the amount of funds we have available to meet needs that week. We find out about these needs by asking each person that's a part of Christchurch to be mindful of those in their circle their friends, their neighbors, co-workers, and family members, and let us know when a financial need arises. Requests can be submitted by filling out a form in the lobby or on our website. We collect all of the requests that come in throughout the week and submit them to a committee that prays over each request and makes decisions on how we can best help. Once your request is approved, you'll be able to personally deliver the gift and have a gospel conversation with that person sharing the hope of Jesus with them in one of their most difficult times. Right here, right now is so much more than dollar bills. It's a way for us as a church family to advance the gospel in our local community. One dollar can't do much on its own, but together we can make a significant impact for the sake of the kingdom. So as I said before, Whenever someone in our church steps in to request help for someone else, that's the true heartbeat of right here, right now. It means that someone in our church is sacrificing their time and their energy to invest in this person or this family. It is, there's so many amazing stories that have come through um, over the years from requesters. And I was going through the files um, this last week looking for a really great story to share with you guys today. But something else stood out more than like an amazing story. And it was an overarching theme of how well the people in our church are taking care of those around them that stood out more than anything else. I found stories of business people who were asking for help for their clients who were in dire need. I found stories of teachers trying to help students' families get out of really hard situations. I found stories of neighbors trying to love each other through tragedy and heartache. I found stories of hope and I found stories of single dollar bills and people willing to sacrifice their time and energy to show the love of Jesus. So sometimes I get thank you notes that come across um, my desk at work, like this cute one that showed up this last week, and I wanna read it to you guys. Dear church members, I wanna say thank you from the bottom of my heart for the gift your church gave to help me with my surgery costs. You truly show the love of Christ, not ever knowing me, and yet willing to freely give this gift to me. Once again, I'm grateful. God bless your church. I don't know the person that wrote this note. I've never met her before in my life, but her requester does. Her requester has a relationship with her. Her requester can speak truth and love into her life like you or I could not. And that's what right here, right now is all about. It's about empowering our people to go out and to minister to those around us. And that's exactly what happened here. In addition to right here, right now, we have a lot of ways that we are called to go. A lot of opportunities for us as a church. And one of those is something new that we are launching. And if you've been a part of Christ Church for any time at all, you probably know that we're really passionate about being engaged with the local foster care system. This is something that, that God has called our church to. And we don't believe 
that everyone is called to be a foster parent. We don't think that's a calling that everyone in this room has, but as the local church, we are uniquely equipped to offer support and care to foster families. So we're launching a thing called Care Communities. I read a statistic recently that said 50% of all foster parents will quit within their first year of getting licensed. And the number one reason given for that is that they didn't have the support they needed to love and support the kids in their care. And as a church, we can step into that. We can offer that support. So we're launching care communities. This is a group of four to five people or families that want to rally around, to wrap around a foster family. We're going to start with foster families in our church, and we'd love to branch that out to all the foster families in our community. And what we ask of people who are engaged in care communities is three really simple things. One, you'd commit to making a meal for that foster family once a month. Second, you would commit to babysitting a couple times a year for them. And third, you would commit to praying consistently for that foster family, for that child in foster care, and for the biological family who is working so hard to try to reunify with them, that you would commit to praying for them through that. If this is something that you are interested in, we have an informational meeting on September, Sunday, September 11th in the Adult Ministry Center at 1045. We're just going to be talking about what that looks like, how you can be a part of that. This is great for anyone, for a family, for a small group, for an individual, a way that you can get involved no matter how old you are, what skill sets you have, that you can get involved in supporting a local foster family here in our church or in our community. We're launching another thing called Service Reef. This is something we're really excited about. This is an online platform that you can find on our website. This is kind of a hub of all things impact opportunities. If you have ever wondered, we have conversations with people all the time who say, I want to get involved in impact. What what would that look like? And we just kind of list through all the different opportunities that we have. But if you are a visual person like me and you want to see all of those opportunities, this is perfect for you. You can go to our website to the impact page, find a link to service reef, you'll be able to see all of these different opportunities, ways that you can be involved in what God is doing in and through Christ Church in our community and around the world. We would love for you to check that out. Speaking of around the world, one of the things that I've been hoping to be able to do as a missions pastor here is to get us opportunities for our people to go and visit our partners to see the work that they're doing and to support them in their ministry. So throughout this past year, I've been taking small groups to different places in the hopes to find some good spots for us to go to actually be helpful uh, to our partners. And I found some of those places. I know there's going to be an opportunity for us uh, to go and learn from and pray with our partners at Black Box International in January. Uh, There's going to be some opportunities for the men in our church to go to Barbados in March to help our partners at Caribbean Missions uh, build a building. So I want to encourage you to be checking out Service Reef. Those opportunities are going to hit in September, and I would love for you to consider being a part of that. I want to bring us back now to the anchor of this talk, Matthew chapter 9, as we saw the pathway of Jesus. When Matthew wrote that Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness. He says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, for they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. We want to walk the pathway of Jesus, the pathway of compassionate action, because God is wanting to bring more people to himself to heal them physically and spiritually in Jesus. And he has chosen us to be the vehicle to go to people. Remember, most people's first impression of Jesus is through followers of Jesus like you and 
me. I want to tell you a story. This summer, I got to go to Tennessee a couple of times to preach a couple of high school conferences. Before the service on the first night that I was there, I was in the cafeteria and I sat down with this youth group and I asked them where they were from. And uh, they said Athens, Georgia, the home of the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, this is particularly interesting to me because my oldest son, Willie, was adopted into our family and he was born in Athens, Georgia. One of the ladies spoke up at the table and she said, was he born in Athens Regional? And I said, as a matter of fact, he was. And at the time Willie was born, she was a labor and delivery nurse at Athens Regional. So we exchanged the customary pleasantries such as, that's awesome, how cool is that? Wow, that's so neat. And then at the end of that conversation, I just said, go dogs. You know, I don't really know why I said it, but I said it. And she got really excited. She goes, oh, is, is Willie a fan? And I said, well, he's two years old, you know, not really a fan, doesn't know a whole lot about college or football. So, and she goes, well, did he watch the, the championship game? I had to admit to her that we did not watch the championship game. She was very frustrated with me as a father. How could you, you know, things like that. She said, well, will he one day be a fan? And I said, I don't know, maybe if he wants to, we might get him a shirt or a hat. She said, a shirt or a hat? No, that's not what a fan does. I was confused by this. She said, you wanna know what a true fan looks like? I said, sure. She looked at me, she pulled back her lip and on her molar, I was so intrigued, I got close. She had tattooed the image of the Georgia Bulldog. And she said, that's how you know what a true fan is. And I said, no, that's what a psychopath is, but... <laughs> That's cool for you. My kid's not getting a bulldog tattooed on his teeth. <laughs> Jesus said that you can know what a true disciple is by the measure of their love for God and for other people. We want to be a church that loves God well and loves people well. The world does not just wanna hear about the love of God, church. They want to experience the love of God through the church. Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out more workers into the harvest field. Church, the harvest is plentiful. There are a lot of kids in our community who need food, and we have bags in the lobby, grocery lists that you can fill up and bring back to church. You can be the answer to their prayer. Church, the harvest is plentiful in the foster care community to become a foster parent, to support biological parents, to support the foster care community in general. Church, the harvest is so plentiful for lost people to be found in Japan. We work with Mustard Seed Network. God has brought people from this church, moved them to Japan, and I think he's going to do it again, maybe with you. As you move to a place who has little to no access to the gospel, so that you can be the answer to their prayer, so that they can find completeness in Jesus. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into the harvest field. Church, I'm gonna pray. My hope is that God answers my prayer by sending you into the harvest field to feed the hungry, clothe the naked, heal the sick, to reach the unreached. He's called us to walk this pathway with Jesus, pathway of compassionate action to help other people find completeness in him. If you're wrestling through any of the stuff we've talked about, I would love to invite you to go after the service to the back of the room with the tables where the lamps are on them to pray with a minister or volunteer about what you're wrestling through. And I also wanna encourage you, whatever you do today, take one step of action in impact by filling up the bags, 
deciding to go to the care community meeting, do something. I know we threw a lot at you, but everyone in this room can do something. I'm gonna ask that God uses us. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for this church. Father, thank you that you've brought people in this room to completeness in Jesus. Father, we were in one of those towns or villages that Jesus was passing through as we heard the teaching of Jesus and we came to know him. Father, we know that you have compassion on us in our state of lostness and we want to help people find Jesus and help them follow Jesus. Father, you don't just care about the souls of people, you care about the bodies of people as well. And we see that when Jesus healed. And so we wanna care about people's hungry stomachs and their sicknesses. We wanna care that there are people who are deaf and don't have a community. So we wanna support them through ministries like Comis Manos, places like Barbados where they don't have enough shelters for hurricanes. We wanna go and be the church to help build shelters for people in need. Father, so many opportunities in, in the world and Father, you've equipped us with your love to be the answer to everybody's question. Do you really care? Father, use us to show to the world that you do care, that you love them. May we leave an impression on them that they find you to be true and beautiful. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christchurch, visit us online at cco.church.